What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonson. Today's guest on the show is a frequent return visitor, James Casey. Um, if you haven't listened to all of James's appearances on the show, you should go back and do that at some point. Um, he is, I think, one of the best foilers in the world. Uh, big surf and downwind foiling for sure in a handful of guys um, crushing it in those disciplines. Um, This conversation, we touch on some of the crazy stuff he's doing downwind. Um, One of the things that we recorded this a few days ago, and one of the things that I can't stop thinking about is James did a, a downwinder that was over 100 kilometers and was on foil didn't come off foil, contemplate this for a second, did not come off foil for over 70 kilometers. I mean, we drive 70 kilometers and my kids have to stop and pee. Um, That's just insane to me. I just cannot fathom that. And I've been thinking about that a whole lot when I am pumping around and I'm hitting like a minute and a half and I'm getting all winded and tired. I'm thinking about James being able to stay up on foil for that long. He was saying it doesn't equate to the same cardio that prone surf foiling does. Um, there's much less energy because you're pumping back out. And but but in the surf, he's saying that he can stay up for 10 to 15 minutes, which blows my mind as well. I just I can't fathom that. I tap out even on a pump wing. I'm tapping out at four minutes. If I hit, you know, I don't know if I've ever hit five minutes on foil. Um, so that's just nuts. Um. Couple thoughts before we jump in. Been testing the Takuma Kajira for the last little bit. Took me a long time to get that foil dialed in, but now that I have it dialed in, it's blowing my mind. You know, we're the 1300, and I still think you should probably start on the 1300. I feel like it's got a lower stall speed, um, a bigger sweet spot. So it's an easier foil to fly. It's a very similar feel. The uh, Kajira 980 that I'm riding is faster, it's more efficient, it turns harder, but when you mess up, it exposes that very quickly. So um, depending on your level, um, it might be better to go with the 1300. But if you are interested in those foils, I actually just posted over the weekend a video um, of where I'm at right now on the Kajira. Uh, it's at my Instagram, the.progression.project. So you can see, you can kind of compare how I'm riding that foil to other foils. I think that's the best way to evaluate a foil is to, you know, watch how people surf it compared to the other foils that they surf. Because you can say whatever you want, but it really depends on um, what it feels like. And and foils have different personalities. So I find that the Kijira is more of like a flowy type foil. It's not as radical in the pocket. I just learned how to hit the foam on it. Um, really in the last two days, I've started to to come away from some, some foam bashes, but it's, um, it's profile doesn't really want to slip through the water as much. You have to load up a little bit harder, which, um, has taken me a little bit of time to get comfortable with because I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to kind of come away from me. And I tend to uh, not like to hit my foil. It is the wingtips are sharp on that thing. And I actually rounded them down couple millimeters just to not have a knife edge there cut my wetsuit on one fall when I was hitting a hitting the pocket kind of fell on it and slit the back of my wetsuit 
Um, but at Big Wins, you can get a 10% discount on any of the uh, on any of the Takuma foils, Takuma concept foils. It does not include e-foil. So if you're interested, you can save some bucks because you listen to the podcast. Um, all right, let's jump in with James. It's been a busy week of uh, of recording podcasts. Uh, I just recorded with Zane. That one's going to come out in a couple days. And he talks about his big wave antics, winging in, throwing the wing at Jaws. It's pretty unreal. Zane's always a great guest. So um, it's going to be a fun week for the show. So James Casey, thanks for coming on again. And um, here it is. Enjoy the episode. James, thanks for coming back on the show, man. I'm looking forward to uh, catching up again. How you been? Yeah, um, yeah, been pretty good. Nice to um, finally organize. It's a little bit hard with the time zones, um, but yeah, here we are. We've got it. We're, we're doing it. It's it's the worst because you know by the time you can do it in your morning, I've had a long day and I'm tired. And likewise, it's the opposite. So, so yeah, I'm glad we get fig- finally figured it out. Um, yeah, we got there. We got there. So what's up, man? I've been watching all your adventures and there's a lot of things that I want to go through, but why don't you just kind of tell me what you're frothing on right now? We'll dive in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm frothing on the, it, it's our summer. So the winds are coming up um, and I had an epic downwind fall yesterday. But yeah, I've been frothing on the downwind, the downwind stuff, um, just out to sea and just going for it solo. Um, with a paddle and yeah, just playing around with a bunch of different wings from GoFoil and different tail wings and different length masts and boards and just seeing what works and, and then really trying to tune into, into conditions and sort of see, you know, what's what and, and what's, what's the quickest. And yeah, that's been super fun. What surprised you the most? What are you most frothy on or what is, um, what are your big takeaways after testing all this? Yeah, well, to start with, I guess, getting your head around conditions. So a lot of people that I've spoken to think you need like a, a big, you know, northeast swell or, you know, big, if you've got big wind, you want the swell the same direction. And that's not necessarily the, the best. Um, sometimes a massive swell, you know, 15, 20 seconds with a 15, 20 second period with the wind the same direction is actually no good because the troughs are literally so big that it goes glassy at the bottom. So you're like in this little smooth zone and you've got no speed and the swells are moving too fast and the winds are not strong enough to even get going. And, you know, those, I guess those, what you think would be perfect conditions are actually not. And it's that mid period swell, you know, sort of around the eight to 10 second period I found is just, you know, the the sweet spot because you're, your foils are going the same speed and um, I think where's the tip of the iceberg with it all, but um, equipment's getting better and better. I remember probably two years ago, if I hit 20 Ks an hour average for for a run, I was like freaking out. Like, how good is that? You know, three minute Ks. And, and just yesterday I was doing closer to 220s. So close to just over 25 Ks an hour, which is um, for, for the front entire you know, 15-kilometer run um, with some faster Ks in there, closer to 26, 26 and a half. So it's, yeah, all that stuff is, it's cool to see how far we've come. I think we're only getting quicker. 
are you, as you're going faster now, are you dropping wing size dramatically in these downwinders? Yeah, so I've, I've been playing around a lot with all different types of wings. I'm, I'm using GoFoils, so I don't have the, the, the actual square centimeter size. Um, so I'm, I don't really know what size I'm using, but like basically that I've been playing around mostly with the P180, which is a higher aspect wing, yep. and it, the range on it is ridiculous. Like I can do a kilometer, you know, getting close to 26 k's an hour, and then the next kilometer say the wind drops i can go as slow as like 18 k's an hour so in terms of conditions you're pretty well covered from super mellow to super crazy <laughs> so um the, i think the high aspect is where it's probably going to head to just because of that range but i've also been playing with um the new nl series and the the, the nl 190 and the nl 160 i've been playing around with heaps and actually hadn't had too much luck with the smaller one, the NL160. I just found that um, I was not getting it up to its like planing speed. So I was I was getting up fine. I was going along, and but I just wasn't going faster. So I was like, I was always working the foil to keep up and to link. And then just just literally yesterday and today, I finally figured it out. Um, once you get it up, how to hold it up on foil and or on 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 plane, I guess. And so you're always, you know, you're getting the most out of the wing all the time. And um, the range is much smaller than the P180, which is a higher aspect wing. But once you can find that range and just sort of hunt and, and find any bit of swell or wind chop or whatever, or rebound and just keep it going, then you, you, yeah, there's a lot of benefits in terms of speed. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've watched that P180 in action a number of times and, it is a incredible pumping wing. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah. Mostly on sup on your downwinders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've done a couple prone downwinders, but it's just for me, um, where I live in Sydney, there's heaps of headlands. So like you've got to paddle almost a kilometer out to get to the wind line. Yeah. Just to get started. And, and with, and there's only a few spots where there's like there's one long beach, um, Narrabeen to Colorado, and that's about I think it's four k's. If you I, I did that the other day, and I just paddled into a wave at North Narrabeen off the point, and then paddled down to oh, sorry foiled out to sea, and then down to Colorado, um, and that was yeah about four k's. And it's um it's it, it's fun because there's that you know that sort of there's the risk <laughs> you fall off, you get to paddle in because I want to ride in a four six. Um, pilot, which you know, it's only 33 liters. You're not going to paddle, and it was only super light conditions. You're not going to paddle onto a chop in 15 or 10 to 15 knots. So, um, just just heading down the coast, and you know, you sort of go into the waves towards the end. But I was pretty much at the sea most of the time, and um, yeah, there's that risk. But if I fall, it's going to be a long paddle in. So it's um, whereas on the stand up with the, with a paddle, you, you just you can get up whenever or whenever wherever. Because the paddle, you can just you just go faster yeah. before you're on the foil. Um, do you use the paddle much when you're downwinding? Once you're on foil, um, not you. You get more out of your pump than yeah. you do out of the paddle. The, the, the sometimes when you're just about to sort of come down, you can a couple strokes just keep you moving, which is another benefit. Um, once you're up, like once you, if you make a mistake with a paddle, you can even if you touch down, um. 
with a paddle, you can almost use the speed you had before you touch down and get back up. Whereas on a prone, you touch down and you've really got to like to pump when you're already down and bog the rail. It's hard to continue to get back up again. Is you're not getting any other speed except from your own pumping. And if your board's in the water, it's hard to pump. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with a paddle, you can sort of plant the paddle out in front of you and almost pull yourself towards it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually coaching a few people to to learn to downwind foil, you know, on, on their SUP with a paddle and kind of be self-sufficient rather than relying on, you know, either A, um, a wing, a wing-a-ding, or B, literally waves in on the coast to get started. So it's um, it's been a lot of fun actually um, going through it and I'm sort of creating like a little program how to downwind foil with your SUP, which is um, something that, I'm getting close to releasing, but at the moment it's just sort of based on ex- the, my experiences coaching these these crew and and what I did to learn as well. Oh, that's epic! How are you going to release that? How can people find it? Give a little teaser since you probably won't come yeah. back on for a little bit. Yeah, um, it's we on my on my website. So if you type in caseyaus.com, caseyoz.com, um, there'll be I'll have a if you search it, you'll be able to find it. If not, I'll advertise it in my um, Instagram stuff too when, when it's all released. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's something I've done a bit of filming on, you know, how to paddle up, you know, starting in the flat, then how to paddle up in the bumpy water and then, you know, how to use your wing, like not sailing, but wing just to get up and then basically free wing down the coast, which is something that, you know, the, the wing is such a safety blanket and it's awesome to get heaps of people into it. But there's a big difference between, you know, downwind foiling and downwind dinging <laughs> because a lot of people downwind ding and they just literally sail, jibe, sail, jibe. And it's, um, yeah, different sport almost, but it's so many crossovers and there's so many different people that, you know, want to learn to downwind foil and, um, and downwind ding. And it's just so, it's crazy. All the options we have at the moment with the foil and the wing and the towing and, oh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it can fill out your calendar. Oh, it's so good. I was chatting with mate the other day, and he's like, "Oh, you know, surf's no good." And I'm like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> Before like, bumping, I just went, you know, twenty k's down the coast and twenty k wave, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know, just into waves." I'm like, "Yeah, but you can only do that two, three times a week if the if the if the forecast is good. I'm doing this all year round, so it's um." It, it, it's a curse as well because you always <laughs> you always feel like you're missing out on something <laughs> oh man yesterday we had some of my favorite conditions we had basically shore runner conditions where we had this like hard south wind that blows you know directly side shore all morning mm-hmm. created like a five foot at five second swell steep south but then it went yeah. straight offshore so we still had like you know the, the lines just running down the beach, but with an offshore wind, which rarely happens. I mean, usually when we do our shore runners, it's, you know, you know, you've got the wind behind you, which is still super fun, but to have it glassy covered like four or five miles, just surfing yesterday. It was unreal. So sick. And that, that's kind of like a, that's like a really good way to sort of learn to, to downwind foil too, which is basically what you're doing. Just, you know, obviously with the wind making it smooth, it actually makes it easier to read, yep. especially in the surf zone. But when you're out to sea, I guess when it's just swells, it's actually like it's kind of harder because you need to be going faster. And if you make a mistake, 
there's longer gaps between, but I guess five second period, it's probably, you know, if that's your swell, it, that's kind of ideal for the, the shorter period for sure. But yeah. for downwind for epic. So fun. Um, how much time have you been spending? How are you dividing up your time in the water these days? Uh, you know, I have, I see a lot of the, the downwinding lately. I haven't been seen as much of the towing or lost boys edits. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't just, the timing hasn't been, I haven't gone out towing for probably six weeks, I reckon. I'm actually just chatting to Zane Westwood. We're going to try to hit it on Friday. So in a couple of days, um, but yeah, everyone's just, you know, different schedules and actually my jet ski has got a hole in it at the moment. So that's definitely taken a hit. We got, I got a 20 year old or oh, my dad bought the jet ski when, when was it 2001 and it was secondhand then. So it's, getting close to 20 year old jet ski and <laughs> it's not the most efficient thing. And we've worn through the bottom because our boat ramp is shit. You've got to run it up the beach. So every time you run up the beach, you like sand the bottom down a little bit and we just sanded through, you know, the, 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 the point in the hull where it hits the sand every time. And we, we've done a few dodgy repairs and this last one we did, it, it really like the basically the hull, we just patched it, but we needed to cut it out, put a bit of foam in, and then glass it over. And we didn't do that last time. And so we've got a big job in our hands, my brother and I. We'll do it eventually, but um, there's been too much wind. And I've got my brother into winding lately, and we've been playing around with that a bunch for, for downwinders. So, yeah, that's that's been the main focus. And then getting out for a few surf foils every so often and um, still paddling my stand up a bit just to keep a bit of fitness and, and alignment. Cause I find when I foil too much, my hips get super tight and my, you know, you, you're just standing in that surf, like natural foot for me, that surf stands are just my back goes eventually. So I've got to try to even out doing other sports. Um, so yeah, trying to mix, I always try to mix it up. Don't just, I don't, you know, when you first learn to foil, all you want to do is foil, but you get past that eventually. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years. Um, but I try to even it up now. So I'll foil in the morning, you know, sup in the afternoon, um, winging the next day, surf, surf the next day. So just trying to trying to be well-rounded and not get too caught up in, in one thing is um, what I'm trying to do anyway. I need to take that advice, man. I am so lopsided as a person now. My physiology has completely changed. Yeah. My, my back leg good. is noticeably bigger than my front leg. Evened out maybe a little bit from like a year ago, you know, and I try really hard to keep all the the balance forward to put a little bit more pressure on that front leg. But man, it's not good. I have to do foundation training every morning just to kind of keep myself somewhat balanced. But, yeah. And that, I, I'm, I'm not a big gym person, so I'm or like... I prefer to trick myself to working out. So going for a paddle on the stand up and like really trying to work my stance goofy and natural on the sup, just, you know, the, the longer race boards yeah, that evens itself out, <laughs> um, which has been good. You know, I have an artifact from all the sup I did, which is when I stand to like, you know, just, I'm just standing around now, my right foot kind of ducks out a little bit because of the way I would stand on the really small boards for what, five years or whatever I did. You know, front yeah, foot yeah, pointed forward yeah. and right foot pointed out. So now I just, that's how I stand now. <laughs> yeah. so. I know exactly what you mean. I'm actually, I'm, like, the people I coach, they, you know, they all stand quite parallel. And, and that right foot out, if you're a natural footer and being a little bit back actually adds a lot of, there's a lot of benefits from that. And, and I'm trying to teach them to do that. But also I'm trying to teach myself to do the same on my left with my left foot back. 
and, and across like that, but it's really hard because <laughs> it's the same as you. I'm riding the shortest ups and, and even downwinding on the unlimited board. I'm always left foot forward and steering with the rudder. So my back foot's always back and out. And it's, yeah, like it's like a little duck foot. <laughs> yeah. Probably all going to have some weird condition when we get older from that. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about prone boards? Let's talk boards for a little bit. What do you, what have you been riding? What are you into? I know that you're a part of the design process. So where are you trying to push that right now? Yeah, I actually just was chatting to Marcus, um, uh, sort of head shaper for the foils, um, and, and made a mind about that. And at the moment we've, we've just sort of, re- we've just released the pilot, which is a, a foot I use. It's a four, six, it's about 33 liters. Um, I got a four, three as well at 30 liters and it's kind of, we tried to keep the nose kind of pointed just Uh-oh. We lost to James. Hello? Uh, you're back. All right, I can edit that out. Just keep, okay. keep keep going. Yeah, so just the the we've been working on the pilot. We we just sort of released that just recently and um we've got yeah, like a pointed nose because a square, like originally it's sort of all the boards got a bit round and square in the nose. And we sort of thought we try that and it, the rails seem to grab at the front. Whereas if you have a little point, at least you, same as when you surf, it's less likely to grab. Um, and then we played around with a bunch of different rails. Basically we kind of went the two extremes, which I guess is like a, a chine. And mm-hmm. then the other one we described as like a big bread loaf rail. So it's kind of like a big, round um smooth rail so without any hard edges and that's something we found has been working pretty well um because when you do touch down it kind of just glides through the board doesn't doesn't grab like a surfboard would or like the those chine rails if if you just go flat down they sort of displace but if you do on the angle when you're really turning hard that rail can really grab and catch and that's almost worse than we found it was worse than the, the sort of more bread loafy sort of style. So just trying to get rid of all those sharp edges. And then um, we played around with like a double concave and a V and we kind of are really skeptical about it. Like, oh, we'll try this. I've seen a lot of people doing it. We tried it and <laughs> there was no doubt. I don't know why it works, but it, it just works really well. Um, the the V at the front, I guess, displaces a bit in the double concave, um, at least for your sup, adds stability. Um, for your prone, it just whatever it is, it just sort of displaces the water and it's, it's glancing. Yeah. Whenever you touch down, it's like it glances and just continues to flow. doesn't lose any of its speed. Whereas we always thought um, a flatter bottom, maybe with a little bit of V in the front, would be better for, for planing because, like, once you're planning, it's just going to keep you planing. But, yeah, not not so is, is what we found anyway. Um, Interesting. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's something we've been playing around with a bunch. And and we finally released it um, with Sonova and we're just working on something a little bit different. Um, I've, you might have seen Alfie Carter from um, the southwest of Australia, over in Western Australia. Um, he's paddling in to like, I'll probably call it like a solid six to eight foot peak on a, on a foil board. Um, He's got a 6.6 and he's using the GL80 with a long mast and he's charging. He's got a screw loose. Like he's, he's a full on, 
I used to surf cow bommy and toe into that sort of stuff. And now he's latched onto foiling and he's a proper, such a good, such a good guy. And he's, um, yeah, he's charging over there. There's plenty of waves and yeah, he's making the most of it with the foil, which is kind of sick to see. So yeah, he, he I was pestering Marcus for ages. So I wanted to learn to prone downwind on like a, you know, just a bigger prone board. And then Alfie got this board made and I'm like, I want one like that. And we're going to test it. It's, it could be a potential new board. And I'm, I'm, I've just gotten it in the last sort of month and I've surfed it three or four times and just in the waves for now and nothing big yet. But um, man, like, you know how foil boards suck to paddle? Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Put it bluntly. Like, and you, you know, you start, maybe you start in like a five foot board and you make your way down. I'm, I'm sure, I don't know, for, for me, I made my way down to like 310 and you're literally just catching foamies and it was just a little chip shot to get going. Um, and then you sort of figure, okay, 310 is a bit small. I'm going to, maybe I'll find something around four foot and, and I've settled at four six for the moment. That, that's my go-to prone foil board. But um, coming from a SUP background and, and, and even SUP foiling, I've got a, like my downwind board is six foot. So I got a six six prone foil board same as Alfie's and I've loved it like in terms of paddle speed and paddle power and the waves you catch it's ridiculous you're catching way more waves and I actually found because it's we've made it quite narrow um once you get on the wave you can turn so hard side to side you've got to you've got to think about a little, little bit more with your pump because obviously it's a longer board but I've been using a longer mast and you don't even notice it like the, the length is super minor um so yeah we're going to come up with something kind of along those lines i think and it probably won't be coming out for a little while but um check out alfie carter and um on, on instagram and he's he's cater cater fader um and he's charging and you'll see what he's using and yeah he's pushing the limits which is super cool i think he's even ordered a bigger board because he wants to surf he wants to get into bigger waves so he's got a screw loose, but he's yeah, it's cool to see people pushing the limits. Um, I'd like to test some bigger boards. I've gone really small lately. I'm riding like a four one at twenty four liters, eighteen wide, um, yeah, two and a quarter, and then a four six at twenty seven liters. It's eighteen. It's basically the same shape, and one of them's like a chop tail. Um, yeah. A couple yeah. things I really like about it though are like with having it so thin. The touchdowns, there's two ways that you can touch down. It has like a, a forward V with some chines. I like to set the chines in a little bit farther because of what you were saying about them grabbing in turns, but I still like yeah. the chines. So I just kind of set them in um, a yeah. little bit like closer to yeah. the to the V than, than I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you there. But uh, having such a thin nose lets you, in some turns, it'll actually, the board will go underwater, but then once it gets under the water, the, the rocker will push you back up um, and it'll pierce and it, it'll pierce in such a way that it doesn't slow your momentum down. Mm -hmm. So where if you have a thicker nose, I'm noticing you lose a lot more speed if your touchdown's like catastrophic, if it's, if it's like pretty deep, but the really, yeah. really narrow nose, really thin nose just pierces the water and then the V and rocker pops you right back up. And that was well, I guess, startling. Kind of like a shortboard, like a thin nose, the shortboard, you can poke the nose and still yep. go through. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I know what you're saying. It's that same thing. And I've got some slow motion video. I keep meaning to, to put it out there, but um, 
it's like really cool the slope like you can see the board you can see the chines like shooting water out so like you know the non-stick and then the nose going under and then and then popping back up the thing is though to pop up on the 24 liter 41 it's not for everybody um yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it took a little while to 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 figure that out some skyrama inspiration there and and seeing but in smaller surf you know what's funny is i can't take take off on that board in the foam it's too small to do a foam takeoff so yes. i have to take right. off on the face yeah uh, um because there's no glide the foam hits you and you just basically nose plant just go over the yeah go over the front mm. um be fun yeah, to try some... a, go ahead i've got like a, a toe edition pilot that we're working on now and it's yeah it's 24 25 liters and it's the same shape as our four six just literally just made it thinner yeah. so that everything's finer and more refined and obviously less float which yeah if, if everything's perfect and you're in the right spot the right time and you know you, you got you know you're just perfectly positioned so easy and it's really nice just to, to, to foil too because it's lighter you know and it's um a little bit smaller and you know, there's yeah, there's some nice bits to come out of it, but you just catch less waves. It's as simple as that. And unless you're surfing the perfect foil wave, like I just take out my four six normally, or or lately the six six, just because just the sheer. Um, it, it's summer here, so it's you know waves are getting smaller. Um, and yeah, just getting onto them earlier, and then but just being able to you know as you once you're up, you're laughing. So <laughs> that's. How do you balance that between a board that lets you catch more waves and a board that will let you pump to connect more waves? Because that's the equation that I'm always running is like, well, I know that if I take out the 4-1, I'm going to miss an, a certain number of waves, but I'm going to get you know an extra wave per connection because it's just so much easier and lighter on the pump. Um, is that something you think about? I guess what I found with the 6-6 six, six is that it isn't, the, 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 it isn't that much heavier, the board. Um, obviously, it's longer. Yeah, but I don't find it harder to pump. Um, I, I think length, I guess, because I've been downwind foiling my six foot sup a lot. I don't think length makes that much difference on your pump once you figure it out. Um, for sure, at at the beginning it does because you know the nose grabs more and there's more board to you know negotiate. But once you figure out your pump really good. Like I couldn't tell the difference between a six o sap or a four three prone, um, and it, it's just like that little movement, little little pulse to keep yourself going. Once you get your speed, it's so easy. Um, it's just when you start to drop off on speed that yeah, those bigger boards come a bit clumsy because you've got to really you know more up and down pumping, and that's when the nose is going to grab. But even on a four three, when I start doing that up and down pumping, I've probably only got you know, 20 or 30 pumps before a wave comes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about your epic downwind runs that you're doing. Did you do a, was it a hundred K run? Hundred Yeah. I did 120. Um, just sort of recently. Um, I went from just South of Wollongong on, um, which is a hundred K South of Sydney to, to Sydney, to, so, to where I live. So let, let me let me stop you there for a second, because I was talking to PB the other day, and he mentioned that. And he told me a story, and I thought it was hilarious, and I want to see if this is true, that you brought food on your board. And Yeah, yeah. I'm not brought, on my board, but... 
Yeah, I got food. You, you brought food. The story that I heard was that you that you had brought food, and that I guess you had it on your deck, kind of under. I don't I don't know how you had it secured, but it was such that you hadn't like wrapped it up or anything. And you basically didn't anticipate ever falling and getting your food wet for the whole hundred k. And so when you did, you were all upset. That you got your food wet, and the takeaway no, was okay. basically <laughs> that. <laughs> you go out for a 100k run anticipating that you're never gonna fall i love that uh not not really so i had like a bum bag so it wasn't on my board it was on my you know on my hips okay um so i'm falling along i've got this all my food is in wrappers it's all wrapped up watertight so the problem was when i did come down the bum bag i had wasn't like a waterproof one it was just like a canvas sort of canvas bum bag that um my stepmom actually used once for running and I didn't put any holes in the bottom. Like the, I thought it, you know, the water would get in, but it just probably drain out pretty quick too. But what happened was because when I did fall off, um, about 70 Ks in, um, <laughs> that's gotta be a world record. Dude. Yeah. I, don't know. I think the Tituan Galea and Clement Colma, the Frenchies are doing some pretty cool stuff too. They're going long distances and I'm not sure how often they're coming down, but, um, when I did come down at around that, like sort of the 70k mark, I basically didn't realize, but my bum bag had like not completely filled up with water, but I probably had like a liter or maybe two liters of water like in the bum bag. So I was trying to get going. I'm like, man, everything's really heavy right now. Like I've got, I know I've got like a bunch of, I got like all this safety stuff. I got flares, I got a radio, I've got an EPIRB, I've got, you know, three liters of water. I got you a life jacket. Support. And, I've, and I've got this. I had a jet ski, but that's another story. We lost him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost each other. We we never found each other. More to the point. Um, yeah, and so basically the bum bag wouldn't wouldn't drain. So PB misinterpreted the story, but yeah, kind of right. Like I didn't I didn't think my bum bag would fill up with water, <laughs> so that extra weight was a pain in the ass. That's awesome. I, that's the other thing yeah. you just reminded me with the whole jet ski. He said that you had lost uh, the ski and that you had spotters going from hill to hill following you with binoculars or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so my, my stepmom and my wife, they were, they were land support. And then I had a mate, one of the lost boys, Enrique. Um, he was on the jet ski and he, we didn't think the jet ski needed to come for the entire way, but there was a middle sort of 40 to 50 Ks that basically it's national park. And there's only two or three beaches. So I wanted to have some sort of support for there in case something broke or the wind changed direction or, you know, anything can happen out there. So I was like, well, if I have any support at any time, I'd want it for here. And I approached one of the Lost Boys and said, what do you reckon? And he's like, yeah, I want to see you do it. So like, okay, we'll meet here at this time. And and um, if you're not there, I'll wait for you. He goes, oh, no, don't wait for me. I'll be able to catch up to you easy. I'm like, okay. Um, so the morning comes and he's running maybe five or 10 minutes late to, to launch. And I go past because he said that um, he'll be able to catch me. No worries. He's got a radio. I've got a radio. So we're going to talk on that once he's close enough. So I get past the spot and I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, he might be a little bit late. I'll just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I hear a jet ski. I'm like, I think that's him. And I look around. I can't see anything because the, the swell was about six meters. It was a little bit too big to be epic um it was a bit messy and basically once he got out he was trying to catch me so i was rushing a bit and once he got out 
he that it was so rough that he couldn't um, grab his radio that was in the front of the jet ski. So he basically was just trying to catch me and just trying to find me the whole time. And it was just basically my stepmom and wife were watching um, on trackers. We had track like GPS trackers, so we knew where we were or where what was going on. And basically, he was two kilometers behind me, going pretty much the same speed the whole time. And he just—I spoke to him afterwards. We, I actually didn't even see him the whole time. He came in a bit earlier than I did, um, and yeah, it was. We, it was like, man, it was just too crazy out there. Every time I like, it was just if I was going with the swells, I was just there was too much chop, too much backwash. Too, it was just too messy for him to drive the ski, and he's like, it would have been. So anyway. Long story short, he went out, drove a jet ski, 40 to 50 k's downwind in this messy, junky, <laughs> backwashy ocean, stormy ocean, just so he could see me foil for a bit and he wanted to, you know, film a bit and this and that. And we we didn't see each other. We, he was actually two k's behind me for the whole, you know, two hours that he or two and a half hours that he was out there, which is I felt so bad. But um, I'm like, dude, you should have just grabbed your radio. But he, yeah, anyway. It was too too much. So um, yeah, we we learned a bit doing that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How in the world did you train for that? Um, just lots of actually, I've been using the wing a fair bit. So here in Sydney, I said earlier that like we got lots of headlands. So to get out to the run line, you've got to either paddle out, um, or I've been wing wing dinging out. So I'll foil out to sea, and then pack my wing down, and then paddle downwind. Um, but to get a little bit extra distance, a little bit more time on the foil, I've been winging like an hour upwind from, from where I start, wing an hour upwind and then, you know, downwind foil for like another hour and a half, two hours to where I've dropped my a car further down the coast. So you've just got a bit of time and a bit of flexibility and I've been using the public transport as well. Our buses are pretty good. I just bring a screwdriver with me and take my foil apart and jump on the bus um, and they're sleep with that, which is cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, you just got to be, able to um got to be a bit innovative a little bit creative with your training and you got to when the wind's on you got to do that and if there's no wind i just go out with a big foil in the surf and just literally do loops around in circles or or if the winds or if it's like a wind swell coming from the north i'll just do a little like surf like prone foil down the coast um and just run back up the beach back to the spot and just do laps so it's yeah how does that cardio translate into being able to just pump? Like what, how long can you just stay on a pump in flat water? Do you uh, ever train that way? Yeah. Sometimes I'll practice like a flat water paddle pump, like paddle pump up onto the, up onto the foil in the flat. And that's, it's good training, I think, but it's certainly not fun. Like, <laughs> There's just, there's no, in the flat, there's just nothing to surf or glide on. So I've been, there's a lake just down the road from mine and I, when there's nothing else going on in the ocean or the or it's just uh, tides too low or something, I'll go out in the lake and just paddle and pump up. And I I used to do about four or five and I'm like, that'll do. Because it's just, it's really hard work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, how, how long can really, you, how long can you like pump? Like if you're in the surf, like how long are your runs? What does the cardio in downwind equate to in the cardio in like surf pumping? I know what you mean. No, it fully depends on the wing that you're using. So like I could stay up for on the in my on my downwind setup on my prone board. Like I can stay up for probably, I don't know, 20 oh, 
10 to 15 minutes, I reckon. But yeah. it, it's actually really interesting. Um, in the surf, the energy is really stop, start because the waves break and then there's nothing and then they break and then there's nothing. Whereas when you're out to sea, there's no big burst of energy like a wave breaking, but there's also a lot less lulls. So for me, when I'm pumping, I'll usually, as long as the waves keep coming, I'll keep, I'll always get back out to the, out the back when I'm on my downwind setup, easy, out the back and further sometimes. But if there's no waves, then you're just pumping. And normally I like to use a smaller wing in the surf because you can turn a bit harder. Um, but when I use my downwind setup, kind of, it, it's actually harder. Basically what I'm trying to say is it, it's harder and there's less energy or there's more intermittent energy in the surf than there is way out to sea. Way out to sea, there's the energy is like more spread out. So you're getting a little bit of swell from every tiny little bump. Whereas in the surf, there's a big bit of energy when the wave breaks or as the wave comes in, but then there's a big gap between the waves. So it's, it's actually really different. And I was actually chatting to a mate of mine, like, I, like, as I said, like 70Ks didn't come down. So that was almost, what was that? Two, four, almost four hours up on the foil but probably a little bit less, probably three and a half hours up in the foil, no issues. Um, but in the surf, there's no way I'm doing three hours, like pumping around in circles. <laughs> it, one, it's really hard because there's those flat spots. And two, I don't know, it's, it, it, I think it's a lot harder to link you know three four five waves in the in, in the surf you know especially when it's a bit inconsistent than it is out to sea when you're got all this swell and wind and energy um so yeah that's interesting actually and that's i found that just from training lately that it's probably harder to keep going in the waves than it is to keep going out to sea when the wind and swell is even if there's not even that much wind just just the waves all going one direction and the swell going one direction and out in deeper water the energy is is it's less the energy is less but on on average it's more because there's less flat spots right um yeah i mean that makes sense to me but also being able to stay on a pump you know, in surf for 10 to 15 minutes kind of blows my mind. I mean, I'm tapping out cardio wise and I mean, depending on the foil, one and a half to four minutes and it's, you know, do you, do you monitor heart rate? Just yeah. To, you're just like a, a different type of athlete, bro. Yeah. The heart rate, it's, um, you get, I've been monitoring it a lot when I downwind too. And, and basically when it's a bit light, your heart rate, my heart rate goes through the roof, like sort of, you know, 160 to 170 kind of range. And that's working too hard for, you know, the five, six hours for 120 Ks. Um, you can't sustain that. You can't refuel quick enough to sustain that heart rate. But if it's, um, if the conditions are good, then your heart rate's like, 120, 130, and you're just cruising. And that's that sweet spot where you're just standing there. And the only spike in heart rate is when you go down a really big, like bombing down into the trough and you're just hanging on with your fingernails, sorry, toenails. And you're just like, and that's your spike because, you know, adrenaline. But otherwise, when you're just sort of linking and weaving, your heart rate doesn't really go that high. And that's why I've been using the P180 a lot because you can, you know, when I'm trying to do these longer ones, there's no 
you don't need to be going faster. You just want to be at, like so I could use you know the GL140 downwind, but I've got to work way harder. So my heart rate's going to be up around 170 for way longer. Whereas if I can use the P180 where I'm just sort of gliding and sort of going the same same speed as most of the swells, then I can just stand there. And the pump is only when I'm in trouble. And normally that's only if you make a mistake. So it's um yeah monitoring all that's been fun. It's, it's um very interesting. Are there any big uh, downwind races coming up? I feel like you're going to be positioned quite well for those. <laughs> um, not really. I just, I just enjoy it and like pushing the limits. Um, I spoke before we started recording about my dad and how he loved. He actually, he, I tried to get him to foil once or twice, then he had a hamstring injury, and then he got a brain tumor and 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 unfortunately passed away um, earlier this year. But he loved the idea of foiling and the open ocean swells and, and the, the benefit of that. And um, unfortunately, he won't be able to do that. But whenever I'm out there, I always think of him. So that those, especially those long runs, the, the, the birds will surf and foil with me. And, and that's, that's um, you know, that's, that's dad out there with me, surfing and foiling down the coast with me, which is super nice. So it's, yeah, it's been nice to get out there as much as I can. <laughs> wow. That's, um, that's beautiful, man. Um, I was really sad to hear about that. And sorry you guys had to go through that. I mean, we went through something that ended up being okay for us, but it was incredibly scary. So I don't know I don't know what that was like, but I can empathize. Yeah. Not shitty. We we don't know enough about it about cancers and especially brain cancers. So um yeah, I've done a bunch of fundraisers this year for um for Can Two, which is a a local, I guess, cancer research and prevention sort of um, charity. And we, we actually swam, my family, we swam, it was like 25, 26 days, so like just along the northern beaches. So what I normally foil, uh, Manly to Palm Beach, is about 25 days. And, and we swam that with my family as like a relay. So, we, you know, we, we basically did about five minutes swimming each, and then we tagged out and did another five. And we saw... So a bit of wildlife, um, but we also got to know the bottom. For me, I was stoked to swim over some spots because I'm like, I wonder what the bottom's like along this section here. And um, it was actually a super strong westerly, which for us is offshore. Um, so we had to hug the coast a bit more rather than going a straight line. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit cold and this and that. But, we yeah, we, we dug in and we, we got it done. Um, so it was a that was a cool thing to do and that was, you know, to raise – to raise money for cancer research and you know, in honor of dad because he he loved doing crazy shit like that <laughs> um if anyone wants to donate uh how would they do that um if you i think we've closed that charity uh, that, that that fundraiser for the moment because that was a couple months ago but we just oh. keep in keep, keep in touch on the socials and if you go to can two if you if you google can two run swim then you'll see that, that 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 charity, which is one of the ones that we have raised a bit of money for, and one that I raised money for 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 Molokai to Oahu as well last year. Uh, is that race happening this year? Uh, no, kill it? we get like a virtual race. So I, which is actually super cool because people from all over the world got to got to do it. So this whole virtual race thing's been cool, and um, I did it because I've always had the dilemma ever since I started foiling that. I want to sup it because I've worked so hard to sort of work my way up and hone my skills for the, the stand up. But I also want to foil it because foiling's super fun. <laughs> so 
so this year I did both. It was a virtuals, and so we, um, you had like four days to submit your time. So the first day wasn't much win, so I took my stand up out and just sort of paddle around um, my local training ground. And then the last day there was actually a nice little wind, and I did um, did the distance. Or it was just just the half distance for the virtuals twenty. I was saying 26 Ks for the for the virtual, whereas normally it's 52 for the real Molokai. But so I did 26 on stand-up and 26 on foil downwind, which was super fun. Um, I was bummed that a few more people didn't get around it from the foiling community because I know Jeffrey and Finn Spencer and Kylene and all those guys would have flogged my time. Um, I can't remember what I did, but it was just um, me and Bonsai Grom from Oahu that did the distance on the foil, which was which was cool. We had a chat afterwards, and like I think we got the fastest times. I'm like, oh yeah, we should have. We're the only guys on foils. <laughs> but yeah, that was frothing to share with a you know foil froth with with him over there in Oahu, and it was his longest downwind. I think he did a um, Turtle Bay to Puena, which is a super long run. So he he nailed it. Um, oh, that took Puena. He was going to um down towards um the west coast. But yeah, anyway, he did like the whole North Shore. It was super cool. I was frothing for him. I think his birthday was yesterday or today, right? Something like that. I think I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, he's, happy birthday. Man, I love stuff. He's ripping. Like he's he's gonna be a force to reckon with in the future, I reckon. Um yeah, I, I need to get him on the show here soon. He's doing yeah, so he should. Cool That'd stuff. be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the works. Uh it is now that I just said that. Um <laughs> I know that you didn't have a ton of time today. How are you doing? Um, I've got about five more minutes. So okay. let's, let's keep chatting. <laughs> yeah. What, what What do you want to go into? Hit me um, with something interesting. I guess we could, like, I've, since we spoke, I've, I've tried like a little bit of strap stuff and we could talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was watching, you know, Jeffrey and Finn Spencer do all those crazy, like at the moment they're doing backflips and friggin' all sorts of things that pushing the limits in something that I originally wasn't that interested in. I sort of, the, you know, the original foil airs were kind of like chop pops, you know, ollies kind of thing, like a bit, I sort of, I was like, yeah, I'm happy carving. Um, and then I saw a few sort of more committed airs, like sort of almost more like snowboard airs where they're just sort of hitting the ramp and then coming back down onto the wave. And that's, that's super cool. And, what Jeffrey and Finn are doing now, like backflips on the way <laughs> and Austin, like crazy. They're, they're charging. So I've, I played around a bit of that, especially when I was towing because I found surfing with straps, um, like just paddling in, <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Like anyone that says it's super easy to stand up and put their, their feet in the foot in, into the straps on a forward is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of hard work and like timing. You need the perfect wave and, you know, positioning of the straps and, and the strap, you know, not getting stuck down because you're paddling on it. All that sort of stuff is is hard. And um, I end up finding that the Armstrong's, Armstrong foil straps, the blue ones, they pop up really nice, but they're a little bit big and loose. So I haven't really played a lot with it much since then. Um, but, yeah, that's what I've had the most success with. And then I just sort of ditched them because – I was just blowing too many waves and I was paddling in, <laughs> you know, it's probably, probably a 60 to 70% success rate, but that means like one in, you know, one in 
three or four waves, she was messing up, which um, for me was too much. And I have never been much of an air guy. <laughs> I've always had pretty heavy feet. So like even surfing and, and subsurfing, I always like, ah, just lay the rail. Don't worry about all the little kid stuff where they're doing popping airs. Poor, poor things can't keep the board in the water. <laughs> but um, with with the foiling, I sort of saw it as like another element. And it, it definitely is so much to play with in that respect. Um, and I was playing around with it a lot a little while ago, towing in and just sort of hitting waves. But um, you need a certain type of wave, I, I, found, I find. Um, to do the airs and where we tow in the lost boys if there's like the waves are too fat they're like just so big snowboard waves and you need like more of a breaking wave so i almost found beach breaks were easier to do airs than they were like a big fat full wave um so that was interesting um but yeah i've sort of gone back to no straps at the moment just because i'm in downwind foiling more um and i don't like straps when i downwind because i like to move my feet around a bit yeah. So, yeah. And then the other thing, actually, something you got to mention. How about <laughs> the guys pulling in like full foil barrels over in Tahiti? Mind blowing. That's ridiculous. And and I actually I remember chatting to a mate of mine, and I was like, if there's one place that they're going to do it, it's going to be Chopu because it's just like it has to be a wave like that because it's got to be like mechanical, consistent, and like really man, tall. They're yeah, and tall, exactly. It's going to be thick. It's going to be a decent sized wave because if you're up on the foil, like I, I can just imagine they're going to be like, what's Matai Drole? Like he's going to be standing tall, like hands in the air on a foil through this huge Chopu pit next winter, I reckon. Someone's yep. going to do it. Yep. Guaranteed. Um, PB and I were actually talking about that when those first um, shots came out, and he had a really interesting insight, um, which I'm going to rip off or regurgitate here which is you can't really run straight in a barrel because you're going to get a wingtip reach at some point so if you look at the clips um of him pulling in he's basically kind of bottom turning in and then he's kind of on a turn a little bit through the barrel because like he needs that top. angle to keep the foil in the water and then yeah it's you know as he's coming out and he starts to straighten out he actually reaches that tip right. and that's going to be the hurdle of getting any sort of long barrel. You're going to almost have to have a mechanical barrel that you know how long you're going to be shacked for because otherwise, as soon as you straighten out, um, at least if it's a steep one because you do the geometry on on board mast and, and foil angle uh, relative yeah, yeah. to wave face, uh, you're going to breach. Yeah, might have to go away from the uh, higher aspect stuff and get back to those original, like the go foil shapes where they turn down tips. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's gonna that's gonna stay in the water that little bit longer. Here's what I want to end on, James. When I watch your foiling, what I am most impressed with, outside of all your cardio downwind hundred kilometer stuff, which I can't wrap my head around. Um, <laughs> but what I'm most impressed with in your toe foiling is how how hard you're attacking and how far you're leaning over on the foil in really big surf going really fast. And from someone who wants to me, wants to to, to learn to do that more, can you kind of walk through how you approach that turn and, and how far you're willing to push on, you know, on your foil there and what you're concerned about board touching or wind, uh, wingtip breaching? Um, because that's, I think, I don't want to say it's underrated because I think people who watch it understand 
how far you're pushing that. But I think you're pushing those turns as hard or harder than anybody else in the sport right now. I mean, Adam Bennett's is there too, probably. But um, yeah. I mean, you're but, pushing yeah, so really I, hard. And up and actually, last time I toefold, I think was was with Adam Bennett's up on up at um, Ballina. Um, but yes, basically, what I found is there's a few things you got to think about. One is obviously the the wing, the foil you're using. So obviously, if you got a wing that's too like got too long a span, you're going to be breaching. Um, I had a huge breakthrough just because GoFold came out with a longer mast. A long mast helps heaps. There's no disadvantage to having too long a mast if the mast is kept stiff. Um, if it gets too flexy, it gets a bit wobbly, and um, that's something that, for me, in bigger waves, I don't like. I, I tried um, Mr. Bennett set up his unifoil, and there's definitely the mast is a lot less um, – it's less stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, like, this twang, which for, like, the beach breaks that he's surfing up, up north, for me – you can like you can see it's like how's he doing that? Then I tried his gear and I'm like that's how he does it. It's super like it'll twang and then bounce back like bounce back and he's got this like whip that's super cool. Um, for me, I've actually gone to like a longer fuse and a stiffer mast so that basically I get less speed wobbles in the bigger stuff and he can really power off the bottom and then really like lean over and yeah like that's something that I've I'm glad I'm, I'm flattered that you said that about me because that, that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to carve as hard as I can and try to like go like basically I want to do a, a carving top turn. Like imagine like Parker at Jay. It's like Poncho Sullivan is what I was thinking yeah, about the yeah, other day. Poncho, yeah. oh, like, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I mean, serious though. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Just no spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and, I'm, and like you'll, you probably notice I, I grab the rail a lot. Yeah. And I find by grabbing the rail, I can lean over. Like, obviously, I'm leaning as hard as I can. But as soon as I find I've leant too hard, I actually push down on my hands, like, on the rail. So I'm, like, pushing, like, full cut back, like, rotating the body and going back down towards the wave, like, the bottom of the wave. And if I push too hard, I actually, like, push. If I push, like, I feel like I'm over bending, like, too much towards the bottom of the wave. I actually push on my hand and like with the rail, push the rail down that little bit. And that it's like a little, it almost holds that rail for that little bit longer. You know, I guess like a grab rail cutback, which I never really could master on a sup or a shortboard because speed is an issue. And like when you grab the rail, I find I found I always used to bog the inside rail. Whereas with a foil, you're up high, the rail doesn't bog. So you grab that rail and you just, you like rip it and you just, tight arc and just straight back down to the bottom of the wave where there's no power so it's like you're going up high where the power is and then harnessing that power and trying to turn as hard as you can and pushing and if you the more the more horizontal you get it's like the deeper the foil is in the wave whereas if you go too upright because the you know if, if i'm standing upright my foil would be out of the wave so you've almost got to bank with the wave if that makes sense, which I'm, it's, yeah. it's like skateboarding, like, you know, or snowboarding, you bank with the, with the, the section. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what, how good is that feeling? Holy moly. That foil carb. It's like yeah. my favorite feeling and I'm not doing anything like what you're doing. Um, <laughs> the, the hard part is always navigating the, like the drop in from when you're going to hit the flats again, getting enough yeah. back foot and then, 
a lot of times when I'll hit the flats, I'll start to get a, a huge forward pitching moment for just a second as I go through that energy transition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So like your nose wants to yeah, pull down right when you get to the flats. Is like, yeah, you've got to, it's all that how you approach the wave and like reading the wave. So I think, especially at like our, our local spot with the Lost Boys, if you can read the wave well and you like kind of know what it's going to do, so you want to attack those sections, and as you're coming back, like it's basically a cutback, but you don't want to cut back vertically. So you're going up high, and if you can find that same, it's like I guess that grab rail gives me that little bit of um, extra stability. So when I'm straightening back out, I let go of that, and I kind of get back on top of the board, and you just gotta, you, you almost gotta get out in front of the wave with that turn. So if if you stay too much in the wave then you're going to have that, you know, lift and then you got to stomp the front foot down and you got to re-lift again. Whereas if you hold that rail and basically pull it back tighter towards the white water, you miss that. Straight down the wave, you get this big, you know, change in angle of the wave. Whereas if you turn back towards the white water, that little bit angle the other way, you get this, it's like it's, like it's less steep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you got to pick your section to do it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's easiest to do them horizontally, but what I love to try and do is try to do you know you cut back vertically, and that's that's what I'm always trying to trying to nail. Like basically bottom turn, and then do a turn just below the lip or on the lip as it starts to break, and then come back down the wave like back towards the white water, and that yeah that 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 carve is. It's, it's, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's flipping sick. I'm going to have to uh, listen to this again and break down some of your clips. Um, yeah, I'll have to. <laughs> p- p- please try to get video when you guys tow on Friday. We'll post that up. Yeah, Dan and I, yeah, we, we will for sure. I got, I got the new GoPro 9, so I'm going to attach it to a pole or something. And yeah, we're going to, we'll film for sure. Epic, Hopefully, yeah. there's the waves. Um, but yeah, it's Zane's birthday. So we go, he's like, I want to tow. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> he rips too. Oh, so sick. Yeah. I've just got him downwind foiling with me, which is so much fun. Um, I, yeah, frothing. It's we we went out, I kind of shut in the ropes, and then yeah, now he's just working his way down the wing sizes. And he's like, yesterday it was really good conditions yesterday, and he was like, oh, I feel like I need to be on a smaller wing, and I got up super easy. I'm like, yeah, next one down, mate, step by step. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be he'll be he'll be doing the hundred k's with me soon, I'm sure. Epic man. Well, James, thank you. Um... We went over that five minutes by a bit, but that was valuable stuff, at least for me. Yeah, well, I hope everyone else yeah. enjoys it. Um, what do you want to leave folks with? Um, I guess just keep keep enjoying everything, guys. Twenty twenty has been a tough year, but you know, there's always a silver lining. Um, <laughs> the foil froth is real. Share the love. Epic, James. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Let's do it again, and whenever you got good stories, hit me. Yeah, yeah, we'll do always. <laughs> Use Eric. <laughs>